Hello and welcome to another episode of the Serious Writer Podcast. I'm Kyle Young and I'm here with my co-host with the most, Bethany Jett. Hey. Bethany, how are things going for you today? Super good because it is almost Friday. It's how about you? It's almost Friday when we're recording this. Who knows when they're listening to it, but it's a good day <laughs> for me. It's beautiful in the Midwest where I live. I know you're in uh, Virginia, so love I it. hope it's beautiful there. So you love it. So love it. today we're talking about Fall Tar. I think our last episode about multiple streams of income for writers. We were talking about a very popular author in the CBA called Mary DeMuth, and she wrote a blog post about how only 1% of authors are making a full-time living as a writer. And so she gave her breakdown of how she's making money as a writer, and it was like 20% this, 30% this, 40% this, 20% this, 10% this. I don't know what all that adds up to, but so we talked about that last episode. So if you're listening to this now, you want to know about the article, go back and listen to that last episode. You can hear more about it. But we thought we should expand. And if people walk away from that episode or this episode saying, hey, yes, how can you make money as an author in 2022 when we recording? This episode is dedicated to telling you some of those things. And then if we get feedback, we need to, to break those down even further. We can. But Bethany, we are not talking about just writing. So I think most people think that when you write a book, a novel, a manuscript, and it gets published by a traditional publisher and you make millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> Is that true? For a very small percentage of people. For a very small. And like when people hear it's very small percentage, that every week, 78% of people believe that they're above average. That's the statistic. 78% believe they're above average. So most people think that they're in that very small percentage. Just by the nature of how we are as human, hum, humans, we believe that we're above average. So yeah, we're in that small percent. The truth is that very small percent is very small. Even the above average people are not in that percent. And so there are people like J.K. Rowling, George R. R. Martin, Orson Scott Card, Michael Crichton, who have made livings doing this. Yeah. And it really depends on your cost of living. If I was living in L.A., I'd have to sell a lot more books than if I live here in the Midwest yeah. uh, to make a living. And so that's some of what we're talking about. For the average author, Mary's article had said, and this goes by the statistics, the breakdown that was put out by uh, a research company that only about 1% of, of authors are making a living, full-time living as a, just solely an author with advances and royalties. And so what does that mean for us as authors? Should we just quit? Should we just pack it up? Should we be done with writing, Bethany? No, Kyle. <laughs> She's like, you're not supposed to answer no. Or yes, no, we're not supposed to do that. What we're supposed to do is figure out what, where we fit in this industry and really what the industry looks like for us. For me, as a, as a, an agent who has sold hundreds and hundreds of books on behalf of my clients, many contracts, all different types, all different genres, all different markets. I would agree with the article <laughs> there. Are, I do not have very many authors who are making a full-time living supported solely by writing, which means they are the, they're the breadwinner who's bringing the most money in their home. And that's how they're living. Right. I do have plenty of authors who, have a spouse who has a healthy income. And so they have a nice, nice income for their writing, but it's not enough to sustain the home, to pay for their bills, not even for one person individually, oftentimes. Right. And a lot of agents are in that same situation as well. They haven't sold enough books to earn a full-time income through it. And so this really is an industry of side hustles today. The advances have gone down. The, the sales have gone down. The royalties, you know, they're about what I think they were, maybe in some cases down, some cases up. But in the traditional publishing mindset, the ability to make uh, a full-time living is for the very select few who just happen to strike lightning or already are very well established or have large platforms. 
But if you already have a large platform, you're probably making a living supporting yourself with your large platform and you don't need the money. And generally that's for me, my large platform clients have a very nice career already in, in process. So they just write for fun. And so what we're going to talk about now is what are some other side hustles in the writing industry where people can make money to still be able to write, to still get published, but also to make an income or put together a few side hustles to make an income that they can survive off of. Because a lot of people tell me, Bethany, I'm going to, I'm going to get published and I'm going to quit my job and I'm just going to do this full time. That's not a likely thing these days for all but a, a very small percentage, like 1% of authors. Right. Majority of authors are going to publish while they do what else they do in life. Your thoughts? I think the key thing is what you just said about they're doing something else in life. And I think that most authors, many authors do not share about what they're doing in their everyday life. So they're not building a platform or engaging with an audience because they're not doing anything else but writing, which is really limiting them how many readers they're going to have for their book because not that personal aspect isn't there. Right. Like you were talking about, I think you talked about this the other day. I don't remember what we were filming, but oh, it was for one of our club things. You're talking about some of your clients who they have really big platforms. And so publishers are coming to them asking for a book. But that those people are doing something like they're yeah. you seek out my people that already have platform. They just do. I, I know people are saying the opposite. That's just not the case for the for a select few in that aspect as well. Those people have platform. Generally, they're already published and their, their platform is they're a successfully published author already. And so that's still his platform. And so when it comes down to it, you've got to have the platform one way or another. And maybe a few people a year get through at publishers, but the majority are already well published or already have a large platform and ha or have another way to support their income. So let's give some ways that people can support their income. That besides, number one, you get published. <laughs> like Traditionally publishers means you are not the publisher. You sit it to the house, published it. You paid nothing to have it published. And they work with you to sell the books. They distribute the books. You make money. That's a way to have an income. It's not a way to have the full-time income, but it's a way to bring in income. For Mary DeMuth in the article, it's about 20% of her income comes from advance and royalties. But you all got to know, she's what we call mid-list author with a lot of books out and books that are successful and she's won some nice awards. So she's a successful author, author making 20% of her income from her established writing career. So for most people, that's going to be a very small percentage of overall income. Bethany, what is another income source in the writing world or a side hustle they can do to support themselves? I know we're going to start talking about social media in a minute. Just sticking with the publishing side of things is we, we know some people who they may not be pub, like traditionally publishing their own books, but they're um, doing work for higher projects for novels, really for houses that have a rabbit, like their reader base just like reads and reads and reads and reads. And so there we've got friends who my mom is one of them who writes book after she's got six books she has to write. And so that's a really great income and she doesn't have to do the marketing for those books. Right. Just part of, it's a whole different process. So for novelists who are annoyed with us when we're always talking about nonfiction and platform, then writing for houses like that is good, right. but it's hard to break in. Like Very hard to break in, work for hire. Does your mom make a full-time income through work for hire projects? I don't know. I don't know how much she's making on there, but I don't think if I was getting what she made, I probably wouldn't be able to support myself fully. Although I know it's enough for what she needs. Right. Yeah. And sense. so it goes to what are your needs? If you 
you're not trying to be right. she doesn't. a professional with a family, no. And if you have a second income, then yeah, you're probably, she's, your mom's very successful. So yeah. if you don't know her mother, her mom's Johnny Alexander, who's an amazing fiction writer, best-selling author, multiple best-selling author. I'm a fan. My wife is an avid fan of her books. Hey. Check out her writing. Go download it. It's Johnny, J-O-H-N-I-N-I-E. Anderson. Alexander. Why did I say Anderson? Oh, I know your okay. mom's name. <laughs> so it's Johnny Johnny. Alexander. I don't know why I said Anderson. Well, and <laughs> I, I think I said it right the first time. Whatever. We're going to cut that in the end. So work for hire. The problem is work for hire is super hard to get into. Your mom was already a well-established author with a very successful career. Got work for hire. People all the time want me to help them. I try to break my clients into work for hire all the time. It's just very hard. You have to already be an established author for the most part or oh. work, do work for hire projects on the side for people who are maybe doing self-published works, hybrid publishers, those are easier ways to break in, but you're, you're not probably going to break in at Penguin Random House, Hachette, HarperCollins, Zondervan, any of the big houses, unless you're already a well-established author with a track record of well-written and well-published books. Mm-hmm. Ghostwriting too. That's yeah, how- Number three, three, number three ghostwriting. Yeah. yeah. So it's different than work for hire because work for hire, they're paying you. You get one-time fee, you're done. You write the book, you do it for someone else. Ghostwriting is essentially you do the same thing, except you can work together with the author to create the product for them. And you may get credit or you may not get credit. Normally with ghostwriting, you're the ghost. Nobody knows you did it. And so ghostwriting is a way. Also extremely, I think ghostwriting is harder to get into with publishers than work for hire. So I, it's not one for people to shoot out of the gate. Mm-hmm. You can ghostwrite for people you meet at conferences, at events, activities, who maybe don't have the skill yet but have an idea for a book and they can pay you individually. You can be contracted to do that. It's a, it is a good way to make an income. If I was a first time author who needed to make money, I would probably go out and see ghostwriting contracts for people I meet at conferences. Cause I can write and then they're not at the rate at the place yet. So you work on it together and they pay you a fee to do that and you can make some money. So the, what's that? One, one thing I like to talk about is writing articles for people. So if you're just getting started with that, think about who, who has a business who may need five or six articles for their website, just the, the basic 101 of whatever business they're in and offer to be the writer on those articles. You can research anything and figure that out. That'll give you some quick publication credits. And I got started with ghostwriting by doing a proposal. So get really good at proposal writing because that's that was my ghostwriting entry was starting there because the publisher is not always going to have you write the book just because you write the proposal. So you really right. want to make sure the chapters are shining. But but I thought, you know what? I know how to do a proposal when I was first getting started. So that's what I started doing. That's the only thing I knew how to do. <laughs> so. right. the, the only problem with articles, I'll be cautioning people, articles is a good way. You can find, you can do this for companies. You can do this for individuals. You can do it for blogs. You can do it for magazines. The, the issue is AI is taking over the article game, advanced intelligence, artificial intelligence. And like, here's, there's an article here, Washington Post, that an AI robot from a program called Heliogriff wrote 850 articles last year for the Washington Post with 500,000 clicks. And that was five years ago. That has, there are companies who are putting out dozens of articles a day with AI. And if they're grabbing the pictures off the internet, they're throwing their articles up and they're posting it. It's all done by bots. So I, I think the opportunity to do articles is diminishing fast in blogs and you're basically competing against robots who can do it faster. And, and people can do that, you know, have the robots do it for free. So, so I wouldn't invest a lot of time in doing articles, blog posts, unless you already have connections. The where you can be successful with articles outside of those big, big curating places is with individual businesses in your community. Mm-hmm. Go find a business in your community that needs a writer. And so this is another avenue is copywriting. 
-hmm. where you're copywriting. Bethany, can you explain copywriting as a kind of a side hustle? Or I want to make sure I'm um, using it in the example that you're doing, but if somebody's copywriting, pretty much you're writing the the copy or the words like for their website. So you need to understand right. call to action. You need to understand the keywords. For they, need, they need copywriters for everything, right? They yeah. need copywriters for manuals. They need copywriters for um, like There's lots of advertisements. Things. McDonald's McDonald's hires copywriters, local McDonald's. Like they'll hire a copywriter to write the, the wording for their ads. My sister-in-law works for, for an advertiser who works at McDonald's. And she does design for, you know, but there's someone else who's writing the words. So right. there's opportunities to be, if you can write well, copywriting, find, find copywriting, get involved in copywriting. You can go and write for businesses who don't have people on staff that have those skills, but they need it to, to, to basically sell and move pro products. So you can copyright, you can technical, which would be writing manuals for businesses. Like I just bought a grill and that manual was written by somebody. And then translated in six languages, but somebody wrote the manual and got paid probably a nice fee to do it. So that's a way to get into technical writing and get contracts. You can get those contracts, Bethany, from freelancer.com, uh, guru.com. There's a ton of freelance websites you can go and post uh, that you're for work, that you're looking for work, or you can just accept jobs that are posted or bid for jobs that are posted. You can get work, nice jobs through that. I know people who make full-time income through those freelancer websites. So it's a great way to use your writing ability in a way to provide income to allow you to still do the writing that you want to do. Is write copy for emails. So all of those email funnels that get created, someone has to write the copy for them. Mm -hmm. And you can do that in a Word document and map out four or five funnels for a client. And then the other ones have to put it into their email system. Right. So you don't even have to know the ins and outs of the market. Of the yeah, funnel. that'd be a form of copywriting. So that's awesome. The next thing is self-publish. Like, we can't forget the the other one, traditional publish, but self-publishing. I know self-published authors who out earn published authors by by thousands of percents. Yeah. Because in self-publishing, you control everything and you make all the profits. And for example, I was looking at one of an author's earnings of the day. The author sold, I don't know how many thousand books, 14,000 books. And the author got paid about $12,000 on, on the course. Of, that's one of my writers. The publisher made $190,000. So that's the difference. So if the author self-published that book, sold all those copies, just made $200,000 in six months. And so self-published authors are realizing that when they have this success and the book takes off, they make all that money, not the publisher. And you and I both know people who make well over $250,000 a year as self-published authors. I know people who make over a million dollars a year. I know people who make over $35,000 a month as a self-published author. It's a different style of writing. Like writing is writing, but you have to put it out so fast into the market and it has to be written for market. It has to be written to sell. And you've got to do it over and over again as fast as you can, because it's about the amount of words you get in the market that can belay into other sales. And so you go from one sale to the next sale, then to the next series, you compete it. And when you do that, you can be very successful. They usually say you need to have 20 books to $50,000 annual revenue. And now I think it's 30 because, you know, the competition is so high. You have to have 30, 30 books in the market. That's a lot for someone writing one book a year. But if you can write fast and write, you can make a lot of money self-publishing if you're tenacious about it. And so that's, that is a way we need to mention that as a, as a way to make money in writing. What's your next one, Bethany? 
thinking about thinking outside the box a little bit, it's maybe considered a form of copywriting, but learning how to write white papers or even do any kind of grant writing for companies, they need grant, to grant writing, yeah. This. So figure it out and, and just let people know that you do that. I've talked about this story before. Just a friend worked for a nonprofit, their writer quit on them three days before their meeting and they needed someone. She's do you write? Yes. Can you do white paper? Sure. They gave me all the information I needed. It was a very easy project. I was scared that I did it. And I thought, okay, this is something that I could do. You can do it too. That's a good one because those, so the problem with those is you can make, they give you a portion of the grant if they get it sometimes, and they can be some very hefty grants. So grant writers can make a lot of money, but they also could not get the grant. So there's a balance between making sure that you get paid versus get paid. The, how much you could get paid. But grant writing is a great way to make income. And, and if you understand grants, it's fairly easy to do. It's just, you just got to do it. So that's a lot of writing ways to make, I guess, doing reviews, having reviews, people can pay you to do reviews in their books. Problem with a lot of those other ones, we're not going to go into the ones that already require a lot of platform to make money, because if you have the platform to do those things, you're probably already making money on that side. And so you probably already understand side hustle. So this would be more for if you don't know the side hustles, what you could be doing, that's some ways that you could be doing. The other option would be through other mediums besides just writing. Mary DeMuth has art. So she's art. She uses art. Now, if you're an illustrator, sell paintings, sell art. If you're a sculptor, whatever, you can use your art to sell. You can make money through podcasting. You have to grow the podcast as a platform, but you can make money through podcast by getting people who support your podcast monthly and help you get that moving forward in your career. So that would be a way. And so we want to say that, but podcasting takes a lot of work as we know, because we podcast a multiple podcast. <laughs> so it's a lot of work to get them all done and out, but it is a way that you can do it. It's not for everybody, but yet that would be one. And then let's get into the real, probably the biggest way outside is, is finding ways to make money through all the craziness of social media right now. There's a lot of ways to make money on your phone. Just there's just so many. And it's not always a lot of money, but it's side hustle money. Right. Why don't you talk about, we, you and I were talking yesterday about, in one of our video trainings on Serious Writer, about how to get access to make money through bonuses on Instagram Reels. And yeah, you made $4 last night on Instagram Reels. I <laughs> Why did. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about it? $4 overnight. <laughs> All right. So Kyle and I, we each have personal accounts, and then Serious Writer has an account that the Serious Writer account does not have a lot of Reels, but ours do. Interestingly enough, even though Kyle's probably more consistent than I am, even though I've only done a few reels. So I want to say this for anyone who's I'm not, I don't have a lot of reels on my Instagram yet. That's okay. I didn't have a ton either, but Instagram is rolling out these things called bonuses for doing reels. And the money they give you is based on views. So I did three, I think three during the time period. And it was like pretty good chunk of money in there in my little account. And I thought, why wasn't I doing this the whole 30 days? How much my $74? 70, I'm up to like 72, 44. <laughs> $72 yeah. in, a, in, a, in a month for creating three little Four. videos. It didn't no. take much yep. time. No. And so had you done that every day, I know. You, you know, you could be making more money. The bonus goes up to $1,200 on Instagram, but on, on Facebook, the bonus goes up to $35,000. What? So yeah, it's 35000 That's the max bonus on Facebook. Oh, the reason I was saying Serious Writer doesn't have reels is we didn't get invited to participate in the bonus this time because we haven't, we think, because we haven't been doing a lot of reels there. So if that's you, well, we've decided to start do doing reels. Consistent because I want to be in the next bonus round whenever right. they roll it out again. So that is my encouragement to anybody who is just starting. 
start. Yeah, and everybody's, there's the bonus program at YouTube. There's a bonus program for YouTube shorts. There's a bonus program at Facebook reels. There's a bonus program at Instagram reels. TikTok, of course, is always paid. And so those are all ways to make money. And it's not quit your day job money, unless you're making 35,000 a month. Facebook could be for sure, sure. If you can figure out Facebook, TikTok doesn't pay very much at all. I've only made a couple hundred bucks Facebook. <laughs> Facebook I know some people with like 40 there. million, uh, like TikTok with 40 million views. So 50 million oh. views. So <laughs> it doesn't pay that well, but it pays a little bit. So if you're making reels and putting it on the platforms and you get monetized with that, you can make a decent chunk of change just by, by posting a reel a day, two reels a day, three reels a day. Uh, I recommend if you really want to make money, 10 reels a day. Uh, and you can make the top levels of those bonuses and make that month in a month out as long as that is going on. But right now, everybody's trying to compete with TikTok. So the bonuses are pretty hefty. That is a side hustle right now for writers. The other one would be YouTube. YouTube, you've always been able to, after so many hours, I think 4,000 hours of watch time and 1,000 followers, you can become monetized. You'll get ads on your videos. And depending on what your niche is, you can make up to $20, $50 per every thousand views that watches. And then it can be down as low as 50 cents and anywhere in between, depending on how popular the niche is, but you can make really good money and people make a full-time living through YouTube ads. And all of this goes together to the biggest way to make money is two, two other ways. So one of the things, one of the things about the, this way, the biggest ways to make money is you grow all these platforms and then you create a product to sell to your audience. So once you have some fans, you try to create a course of material, something they can download, they can purchase and buy from you and you make that money directly. And you can make significantly more than all the others. And that's how you sell your art through having a platform, so having a following, your works, your writings, your, your design, whatever it is, that's how you can do it. So that's how, if you put all of these things together, and do a bunch of these little things, you find ways to make money at each one, you can put together a nice income by finding the ones that work for you. We're each a little different. But I know, pe I know people make a full-time living copywriting. I know people who make a full-time living with technical writing. And we've talked about just writing, but there's, we probably need to do another episode about all the ways that you can make money through marketing, promoting writing. Because that's, there are people who make a full-time living just promoting your books. So, and um, helping you do that. Yes. When you're talking about products, one of the ladies that I follow who I love so much, she sells a product, a physical product, but you've tried to figure out like how much she was making because how much she's selling is for you, how much mm -hmm. she sometimes will tell how much she has sold. And then she also does Patreon, which when we talk about podcasting, that's a way to get money too. She's got to be making easy five to eight to $9,000 a month. And she's just enjoying her life and showing what she's doing. Right. And I'm like, she was a teacher. She left her job was it because she mm -hmm. built, but she has a huge audience now, but she built to that. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's, it's such a good model to follow. Yeah. And so these are many of this. We're not, this is not a hundred percent of the ways, but there's others, but these are the big ways to make a side hustle and put a few side hustles together and make some money and make an income and support your writing. So if you want to write and you're not in the level where you're making it full time, you're not one of those people you can write and you can do that. And so We'll do another episode where we, we tackle some of the other things like speaking and we'll tackle marketing. Those are other ways to do it that are outside of the writing thing, but those are ways that you can do it. So we hope this has been helpful to open your ideas, your mind to some ideas with how to make money. And when we 
when you try to look into some of these things, these jobs are everywhere. Like there is, there are jobs aplenty right now. Go out and find these jobs, search terms on LinkedIn, like copywriter, mm. copywriting, technical writer, technical writing, and there are jobs and go find jobs. You can do jobs. They'll hire you hourly. They'll hire you per job. I, I was getting a hundred dollars per blog post for a while. Mm. Like that's, and it was easy. 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I was done. And it was like the easiest hundred bucks. So the money is out there. You just have to go out and find it and find a way that you can do that to support what you want to do in the writing world, which is if it's published traditionally, that's great. If it's self-published, that's great. But you can figure out a way to make a living to do the thing that you love, which is writing, which is what we love here at Serious Writer. Yeah. Any last thoughts, Bethany? I just, we didn't really talk about sponsorships that much too, but just start sharing the kinds of things that you use in your daily life. And I bet you some companies are going to be real excited that you're sharing with your audience, even if it's small, as long as it's engaged. Yep. So we'll hit that in another episode and we'll talk about some other ways that you can find side hustles for writing. And so we'll see you on the next episode of Serious Writer Podcast. Thanks.